hello hello it's me juicy j aka of the gods aka j money um aka a bitch is worn a bitch is worn the fuck out (laughs) um so this episode of just a colonized is going to serve as a kind of reintroductory episode a more complete one um describing in many ways kind of the direction that this podcast is taking this second season um and some of the reasons for that so the first episode i published for this season two focused on returning um and really kind of just describing some of the trials and triumphs of having to come back to a place that was once home or having to define for yourself what home now means for you, especially once you've lived in so many different places and have belonged to so many different types of communities. Um, And kind of like how that may sometimes create these complexes or these sentiments of imposter syndrome, but ultimately, it's an asset, right? Like when we explore the world, when we live in many places, when we get to commune and fellowship with so many different types of people, what we're ultimately doing is kind of building an arsenal of relating, of relationship, of loving, of, of constructing new bonds. And it's a beautiful thing more than it is a tragic thing. Um, but in the spirit of thinking about what it means to craft for ourselves reality that reflect what we desire for who we want to be in the world and for what we want to attain in the world. I want to really dedicate season two of my podcast to healing, right? So the title of today's episode is a case of healing. (laughs) Now, for the remainder of this season, I am going to be dedicating most of my episodes to dealing with healing in the multiplicity of forms it takes, right? When we endeavor to get on a journey of healing, of repair, of reconstruction, regrouping, recalibration, whatever you may call it, we are endeavoring on a very difficult and challenging journey. We are taking on work and we are laboring. And the crazy thing about healing is that you don't really know what you're going to end up having to deal with, right? Some of us may think, you know, look, I'm in a relationship and I'm learning a lot of things about myself. I'm learning that I can be super selfish and I need to figure out like, what is it about me? What, it has, what has it been about my experiences in this world? Um, or even about my background, my upbringing, my family that has positioned me to be so protective of my things, my time, my belongings, and like not be very sharing, you know? What is it that might lead me to be selfish? And so, you know, in the spirit of wanting to tackle that problem and really resolve those issues so that you can show up as a better partner, in your relationship, you might begin to do the work of digging deep and going back into your memory bank, back into your catalog and your archive, so to speak, to really discover the things that have been hidden back there, 
those things that have accumulated over time um, or have just been buried over time that still have a hold on how you move in the world. But the crazy thing about going back in our archives of our memories and experiences when we're aiming to find one thing is that you may come out of there with much more than you intended on finding. And let me just take a moment to really just name the ways in which this metaphor is really symbolic for where I'm at right now in my dissertation journey. (laughs) I think it's actually just too perfect because I didn't quite intend on making this parallel, but it really is a superb parallel. As a dissertation pursuer, writer, researcher, at this stage of my PhD, I am collecting data, as you all know. I've mentioned this before. Um, And I'm back home doing exactly that, right? And so in this supremely phenomenal and supernatural way, I am finding myself coming back home. And I'm about to get really emotional because this is really just hitting me in a powerful way. I'm finding myself coming back home, right? I'm here. I'm home trying to collect information trying to collect data data like I need all of this data like where can I find what I need in order to get where I want to go in order to produce the kind of document that I want to produce in order to produce a manuscript hopefully by the grace of God that I want to produce at the end of this journey right um and like in the process of like finding things of searching I'm saying to myself, oh, you know, like, Jessica, we need to find X, Y, and Z in order to answer questions one, two, and three. But the crazy thing about starting research, about the search, about the journey for new information or even old information is that what you find is inevitably going to lead you down a path you did not expect, right? We can all have ideas about what it is we want to discover about ourselves, what it is we want to deal with or tackle. We can have ideas as researchers for what information it is we may need to find, what kind of data point we need in order to bring the story all together, to give it this pretty bow, to make sure that our analysis is sound. But ultimately, the data is what drives us right? We have our hypotheses, we have our theories, and good researchers, good discoverers, good searchers, they will come up with some kind of theory that will help give them direction for their search. But if you're an even greater researcher and discoverer, you'll know that you have to be flexible, right? Flexibility is one of the staple features of conducting solid and sound research, just hands down, period. You have to have a clear sense of the direction you want to go in, of what your point Z will be, what your outcome should look like. But you cannot control the details of what happens on the in-between, right? You cannot control who you run up against, the person that they may send you to, the kind of information that they will disclose to you, and what that will mean, and how that will shock and rock your world. You cannot prepare for that. You cannot control for that. But in the spirit of really taking in all the information that could potentially give you what you need, you make yourself open to it all. 
right? And so in a very similar way, when we're talking about this journey of healing, of discovering the things about ourselves that we don't really like too much, that we know don't really sit very well with who we are right now, and don't really represent who we want to be now or even how we imagine ourselves in the future, we have to be prepared to be flexible, (laughs) right? We have to be prepared to discover things that we did not expect to discover and to allow that discovery to lead us down the paths that we may not have even imagined, but that we know if we follow can take us to someplace so fruitful. I think I mentioned this in my first episode of this season, um, that I'd found love. So I found love um, and I wasn't even looking for it. And that's always the sweetest love story, right? The love that is unsuspecting, unexpected, um, a surprise and a pleasant one at that. Um, And, you know, after... trying to ignore it in the first place and not really like being about that life (laughs) and then eventually being sold about that life I found myself like on this journey with this person who I found to be so phenomenal I find to be really amazing um and it had been such a beautiful thing that we shared right um but something that showed me more about myself than I had even planned on learning. (laughs) You know, I think I've been, I will just name as a quick sidebar that I have been on this journey of healing for God knows how motherfucking long, right? Like, I remember when I first moved to Boston, I was like, you know what? I'm in a new city. I'm in a new place. I had been like on an on and off relationship for a while and I was finally just like free from like the temptation of wanting to always like fall back on that person and on that thing completely. Um, And I was just like ready to forgive myself for all the mistakes I had made and to really just like start anew and fresh. Um, And I've been like working, you know, I'm like, girl, you're going to be single. Like we're going to just like date casually and have a good time, but really just focus on ourselves and do the things that feel right and feel good to us, you know, and us, I mean me, right? Like just do the things that feel good and, you know, just like focus on me and like love on me. And, you know, I was like, okay, this is the, this is what it means to heal. Healing is self-love. Okay. Healing is putting you first. Healing is identifying the things that make you feel happy, that make you feel good, that make you feel affirmed and valid. Right. Like healing is that. And sure, like healing is that, but that's not all of it. Right. Like When you are single and you are trying to repair things about who you can be when you're in relationship um, and who you have been in relationships, it's really easy to think that the work is done when you feel good at the end, okay? Because in isolation, we don't actually get to practice the things that we need. There is this saying that my pastor in Boston says. He says, we learn 
in isolation, but we grow in community or some shit like that, right? I think that's it. I hope I'm not misquoting him. But it's such a dope-ass saying, and I, I think this is it, right? Like, that you learn in isolation? And I know that for me in particular, that is pretty, like, that is so true, right? Like, when I am alone and I am left to my own devices, I do phenomenal introspective work. That is when I am able to do the most kind of, um, the most reflection and the most, uh, introspection, the most work in really digging deep and really asking myself the hard questions, really wrestling with the hard answers, right? Like isolation is where it's at for me in terms of introspection. But the other part of really developing, right, of development, personal development is growing. So you can learn about a thing, but you don't really grow and develop in that thing unless you put it into practice. And what I didn't realize in the first phase of my growing and my healing back like two, three years ago when I just started my PhD was that like in isolation, I can pinpoint the things that make me feel good and affirmed and that I want, right? I can like solidify the list of things that I need in relationship in order to feel good and to feel loved and and to feel secure. But I won't be able to practice all of the ways in which I want to love and be loved unless I'm actually in relationship again, right? And it was being in relationship again in a very in a much more serious way than I had in a while that had really shown me how much more shit I had to deal with. And you know, I think we sometimes think, well, like if I like do the work by myself, then I can come back to this person and come back into a relationship and just be perfect, you know, and like everything will be fine. But like, that's not even how that shit works, right? Like it doesn't work like that. It's actually a back and forth stage of God knows how many times of really being in isolation, coming back into community, being in isolation again, coming back into community, pressing into community, pressing into community and growing, right? It's, it's, it's this very circuitous cycle, this process that is just so involved. And, and, I, and, and like, it was finding this love <laughs> that was so beautiful, that is so beautiful because the love remains, um, that really pushed me to consider things about myself that I had not considered in my first journey of healing. And so what are the things that I've discovered about healing and about myself? Um, There's so many fucking things and I am not about to go through my entire list and put my whole self on blast. So fuck y'all. But what I will do is tell you a few of the things that I did discover. I'll give you a snippet. Um, Vulnerability and transparency, yo. I had always thought that I was a pretty transparent person. I feel like the friends in my circle, people who I know would tell you, Jessica is so open. Jessica is so transparent. Jessica is so direct. She is so honest. And those things are so true. Like, I am all of that. But when you think you something, like, you don't even know how much of it you ain't until you realize how much more of it you could be. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I thought I knew how to be courageous and just, like, open up my heart and myself in ways that put me at risk, but still allow me to receive the best of someone. And, you know, vulnerability ultimately is about trust, right? 
it's trusting the process, if not directly the person. It's trusting that in giving yourself in this way and opening yourself and per, like providing access to yourself and putting yourself on display, that the person who is receiving and consuming this of you or all of this that you have to give is going to take it in the best care possible. They're going to treat it with the best treatment possible, right? And that you will be fine and safe and secure in their hands and that they will have you. And that whatever it is to be gained from being open is worth much more than what there is to be gained in secrecy or being closed off. And I realized that I had much more work to do with being vulnerable. I also realized that transparency um, was a thing that I struggle with. Now, I think it's important to distinguish between transparency and honesty. I think we often use these two terms and um, interchangeably, right? We think these concepts are the same, but they're similar um, and still different, right? Transparency is about disclosing information without prompting. It is about sharing parts of who you are and what you've experienced in the world without having anyone have to pry, prod, or ask you. Just out of like the abundance of your heart, you share because you believe that it will do a number of things if you do. It will build intimacy. It will allow you to take ownership of your past and experiences. It will create an opportunity for deeper love and connection, whatever, right? Like to be transparent is to disclose without prompting honesty is to tell the truth so when someone is like yo is x y and z true like somebody told me a b and c honesty is being like yeah that shit is true right like just being direct in how you respond to someone's inquiry and being upfront and honest about it now honesty was not an issue for me right like i just don't i try very hard to not lie like I, I just think it's stupid. I think lying can just personally, this is not to judge anyone. But I'm just saying like, I personally find lying to be a waste of my time because the way the world is set up, I'm going to come back around and have to deal with that lie at some point down the road. And so when I am asked shit, I just be trying to be as direct as I can the first time around. So I don't got to do this shit the second time around and then be shamed and guilty and all and like deal with the drama of that all. So like honesty had never been an issue, but transparency had been a thing that I had needed to work on. Um, and just did not friggin' know that I needed to work on it. And, and like, why? Why? Why was this a problem? Why were these two things, vulnerability and transparency, issues for me? I asked myself that question literally, right? And I began to journal. I began to write extensively and really try to deconstruct um, just the source of, of that kind of fear, the fear that guided my inability to be open and my inability to be uh, forthcoming, right? My inability to disclose without prompting. Um, and this is what I came up with. I discovered that I had tremendously feared being hurt. Um, I have had a number, I mean, like many of us, right? Like we go through shit. Like we have a number of people who come into our lives who we trust and over time they may do something to really shake that trust, to lose our trust, to hurt us. 
Um, and sometimes the hurt that we experience from our loved ones, the people who used to be near and dear to us, can really be devastating and can really move us in ways that completely disenchant us and make us jaded, right? It can make us feel like, what is the worth anyway? What is the value anyway of being this kind of person in the world when I can receive this kind of hurt in response and endure this kind of pain also? Um, And so I realized that there were experiences in my past that um, had really led me to be like, yo, fuck being vulnerable. Like, I'm going to give you a very contracted version of who I am, a very um, redacted version of who I am that will, you know, meet the, the immediate needs of this relationship that we have, but will still keep me pretty guarded and pretty safe and make sure that I have the upper hand. Um, But the crazy thing is, like, while that tactic might be super important for a number of relationships that we have in the world, it just is not sustainable when it comes to matters of love, right? And that is both romantic love and other love, right? When we are really endeavoring to love people, to open up our hearts to them, to receive all the goodness that they have to give us, and to reciprocate that goodness... Like we cannot afford really and truly to give redacted versions of ourselves because we are really undermining the process of love. We're undermining the journey of love when we only give these versions of ourselves that are like hyphenated, right? The people who want to love us and like feel the liberty of loving us truly have to be able to love all of us. Right. And like the all of us that we present to them is a version of ourself, is the self that needs to receive all the love that they have to give. Right. All of us deserves all the love. And so we can give part of us because then there are other parts of us that will remain untouched and unloved. And I had really grown through, you know, building my own defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms to give only portions of who I wanted to give to the people that I'd come to love and want to build love with. And in this relationship, I had done the very same thing, right? And in, in, in conjunction, I'd, I'd just like not say every shit. I, I would like withhold stuff. And you know, like you don't need to word vomit everything to the people in your life who you're trying to build new relationships with, right? Everything has to happen at pace. I will always be an advocate for pace, right? You don't need to do all of the work all at once. But I think what we have to do is have an orientation towards doing what we know we should be doing and like commitment towards being all of what we can be, right? Our orientation should be towards giving all of what we can give even if that happens in increments, as it should. Um, But in addition to like my own personal experiences, right? In addition to um, the trauma that I had personally endured, I had also adopted the trauma and the trauma responses from the people in my life and my community. I I have been in and I'm currently in community with so many people, so many women in particular, and men too, right? But I'm going to talk about the women right now. Um, who have created these walls to protect themselves because God knows the ways in which people have failed them over and over again. And I had very directly and indirectly consumed and ingested um, so many notions and concepts of 
what it meant to be in a relationship that was not totally fulfilling, right? But one that would keep you protected while you still were able to get what you wanted from it. Like, I have so many friends who'd be like, bitch, let me tell you, girl, you good because I wouldn't even tell that nigga that. Like, what he don't motherfucking know ain't gonna motherfucking hurt him. And when push comes to shove, you gotta look out for your motherfucking self, ho. Like, you gotta come first, bitch. And I know there's so many of us who can actually, like, relate to that kind of thinking, right? That kind of orientation. And so many of these people who have been in my community and in my circle, they had been modeling for me what it meant to love contingently and conditionally, right? I'd known very well, I've seen so many examples of what it means to love on condition. That like, if a nigga ain't acting right, then dip the fuck out and go about your business, right? Like, never feel beholden. And like, in many ways, I'm not saying that I um, just, you know, do not subscribe to any portion of that kind of thinking. I think that like we need to be able to know when a thing serves us and when it does not serve us. Having the tenacity, the self-assurance and self-concept and self-actualization that says, I am important as an independent human being, that my individual value and worth is much more important than my circumstance, right? And then whatever half-ass shit somebody may want to give me is so important to be able to have the strength to walk away from shit that is not actually going to elevate or amplify us or edify us in any particular way right but like that kind of awareness is still distinct and different from being able to like live on terms of openness and giving yourself the freedom to be loved completely for who you are and to therefore reciprocate a whole holistic and whole and complete kind of love and what i'd realized is that i just had no models like my friends right these were women who had been hurt by so many different kinds of experiences with men and like just learned out of protective measures to not give all of themselves and to hide things and to not be transparent because either like past experience with men had shown that they did not know how to receive that kind of directness and honesty and many men do not right or that like it was not worth it that what they were going to lose by being so open and honest was not going to actually be worth um what it is that they would perhaps gain by trying to be open and honest and so these people these women in my life who are my friends um they show me that And then I realized that like that wasn't actually even the end of it, that in my own family, that there are other examples of how like women in my family and people in my family um, had possessed just a a number of toxic traits around love and romance. And, you know, like there's so many memes and shit out there about like toxic families and toxic black families and all that shit and i'm gonna be real as fuck with you like never in my life had i ever imagined that like my family was toxic like if i had to like label my family i would not have used the term toxic ever until i really began doing this this like inner work and i was like oh Yikes. I think that this is literally the definition of toxicity. Like the behaviors and the patterns of interacting in my family can, like, they can stand to be changed. <laughs> they can stand to be drastically changed. Um, 
and I'd realized like there was just so much generational trauma and that is that is going to be in a whole other episode right but like there was a lot of generational trauma that I was carrying unbeknownst to me I had become you know I was member I am member to a family that has like a history of pain and hurt that has not been dealt with fully um, and that was really trickling into my own conceptualizations of love and romance and my ability to form healthy bonds and relationships with people around me right Um, particularly romantic relationships and bonds Um, and like all of all of this information all of this work all of this discovery ultimately led me to this realization that i had no healthy models for how to trust i had no healthy models for how to be transparent in love for how to be vulnerable in love and how to recognize that like love is such a rewarding experience that even when there is some hurt and pain to love right to allow yourself to love in this world is one of the greatest gifts you can offer yourself and that you can offer another human being and soul and i had been doing it very half-assedly and not knowing it you know um and so like this journey i've been on on like healing and like really paying attention to these areas of growth has led me, you know, through a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I have like been through it, been through it, been the fuck through it, right? I'll tell you this, you know, healing, I feel like there is this narrative around healing, um, the kind of commercialized rendition of healing that makes it seem so beautiful and starry and glittery and glam and like full of all of this like wonderful spirit-led shit and you know like the work of healing is spirit-led you know it is it totally requires spirit it requires a commitment to like some supernatural engagement to dig through shit that cannot be seen but you know is there right it requires fate god damn it um but by my golly i don't know the fuck that phrase even means it is not fucking glimmery or glittery the shit is hard it is dark it is depressing it can be bleak even okay there are phases of healing that just do not feel good no matter how long how far how much you stay through the journey and in the process it just won't it just doesn't you know part of healing is really digging deep and dealing with serious serious hurt and like i had realized that like i just had so much hurt that i needed to deal with that i had so much baggage i needed to uncover and that that shit it was not going to be cute right it wasn't going to be some brilliant process it wasn't going to be sweet it was going to require me to like deal with the darkest parts of who I am and to handle some very heavy emotions. Um, but I'll tell you, it has been liberating, right? Like 
healing is a journey it really is and when i say it's a journey what i mean is that there's so many stops along the way right that it's a thing that takes time that it will not happen in one course in one run in one try right it takes getting up treading the path stopping getting a water break like drinking that shit, drinking four gallons of water, wiping the sweat off your brow, getting back up again, putting on better shoes if you need to, stopping along the way, finding people along your path that can teach you some shit, show you some shit, minister to your spirit or your soul, dropping some gems along the way and keep going. Like healing requires you walking down that path even more. And then instead of dropping your sweat, you actually end up dropping bags right you drop the shirt that you had been carrying that was tattered and no longer served you you drop the pants that wasn't even sitting on your waist right in the first place right you you rid yourself of all the weight of the things that you've been holding on to thinking that they were actually providing some kind of shield and protection but in fact they were only just keeping you down and holding you back right healing is a journey that involves so much of us Right. And so much of our lives. Right. So 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 many different aspects of our lives that we just cannot always anticipate what it will give us, what it will lend itself to. But we must be flexible. We must be willing and ready to allow it to lift us up and take us to take us where we want to be. And that is a place of of righteousness. Right. Like that is a place of redemption, a place of wholesomeness of wholeness, of completeness. We want to walk the earth with no holes, right? No ragged edges. We want to be smooth through and through. And in order to get there, in order to be that kind of smooth, in order to be that kind of fulfilled and complete, we have to get through the journey. We can't skip it. We can't. Like we can live a world that is satisfied, right? We can live a life in a world, live a life that is satisfied, that is satisfactory. But it will not be the fullness of a life. It will not be all of what we can live unless we deal with all of the things that have come to shape us and make us who we are for good or for bad, right? And so I am here worn as fuck, (laughs) I'm here at home searching. I'm searching for data. I'm searching for new and old information to discover a truth, a reality that I know can be. And this is in my research. And this is for myself. I am on a journey of discovery that is so powerful that has led me to meet up with so many different types of characters, that is showing me so much about myself. And I am so grateful. I think one of the things that has been so reassuring and uh, comforting about this process is knowing that like everything that I need to get is mine. Like, I don't have to worry about finding the thing because if it is meant to be a part of this story, if it's meant to be a part of this narrative, it will be, it will be, 
it will be. And for like those of us who are in relationships and knowing that we need to step aside to deal with our own shit, like that thing that is meant for you will be yours no matter what, no matter what. And I can guarantee you because this is my faith, right? This is my belief that by taking the time to work on myself, that by committing to being a better version, a more truer version of myself, I am in fact preparing myself, right? I am elevating and edifying that relationship that is meant to be for me. I am creating an environment, an atmosphere wherein that love can flourish, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but forever, right? Into eternity for the long haul. And we just got to believe that. We just got to believe that the journey of discovery, that the journey of healing is fucking worth it. Bruises and all.